Okay, so uh, so Helen, we're going to start off with like the first question, which is, can you tell us a bit about yourself and and, and you know what Mirror Metrics is? So uh, certainly, um, well, um, of course, I'm a CPA uh, by education, and um, after spending about five years on the audit side in public practice, I made that uh, exciting jump into industry and went straight to a very large multinational in the technology and telecom space, where I spent 12 years and I did um, all kinds of roles within the finance uh, group and supporting business operations. So I had a chance to see uh, all kinds of uh, different things and how uh, the roles or how things function within a very large uh, multinational. And then in 2006, I made that jump. Uh, I've been working with startup companies since then. And uh, I've been part of uh, several rounds of financing, had an exit, actually had two, the same company exited twice. So that was quite quite exciting. I've worn many hats over the years and I continue to do so. And uh, currently I advise uh, three companies, one of which is Merimetrics, uh, whom I joined in early 2014. Uh, Mere Metrics, well, um, we uh, we were one of the first companies to graduate from Tandem Launch back uh, way back in 2013, and I joined in early 2014. And uh, what we're all about is, um, you know, in one line, we enable smarter devices, and uh, we bring um, to market, we bring um, neat user experiences to different uh, markets. And so what does that mean? Uh, Everything from fatigue detection, in-cabin monitoring, driver sensor monitoring in cars, so keeping you safe, um, to privacy features uh, to prevent visual hacking on our computers. Um, You know, someone coming up over your shoulder and uh, looking at confidential information, uh, screen blurs automatically, uh, and so on, Um, to digital wellness. Uh, to preserve our vision on our workstations and a lot more. Um, We're in consumer electronics, we're in automotive, um, internet of things uh, around the corner. So uh, very exciting stuff uh, going on. Um, In fact, our attention sensing technology is one of the most advanced uh, in the industry for presence and facial detection, eye and gaze tracking. Uh, we're currently shipping on over 25 models of Lenovo laptops. That's my little plug here. <laughs> and uh, are part of a driver sensor monitoring solution of a tier one automotive supplier. And uh, we're, it, things are exciting. We've grown to 35 people. We're expected to grow even faster over the next couple of years. So uh, lots going on and um, uh, very exciting. Uh, great bunch of people, uh, very talented. And so I'm really, uh, really happy to be part of your metrics. That's amazing to hear. You know, funny, funny story. Um, and this is how I found out that Mirror Metrics uh, was responsible for the uh, the camera in um, or the software in the camera in my Lenovo laptop. I was having a, a video call with the team one day and I shifted to cough so no one would see me on screen. Uh-huh. And then when I looked, I was in the center of the screen. I was like, did did my my leg move the table by accident? <laughs> and then I started shifting back and forth, and I and my manager and everyone else is just watching me just do this little shuffle. And my manager's like, "Jermaine, the camera follows you. It's mere mech tra- It's mere mech uh, tech." And I was like, 
Well, I'm glad to hear that uh, everybody's having fun experiences. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, most definitely. Now, you mentioned earlier that you've been you've been involved in a couple of exits, um, yeah. you know, and you you kind of got this 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 little pitch in your voice that sounded like a happy memory. What's it feel like? What's it feel like to go through an exit? You know, what kind of emotions are running through you? What's the, what's that process look like? And at the end of it, how did you reward yourself? <laughs> um, so, the, you know, um, exit, exits are, um, there's a bit of a misconception, I think, in, 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 in the market and, and that exits are easy. They happen all the time and they're lucrative and um, you, you don't go through a lot of hardships before that. But um, it's intense. Um, getting there is, is intense. It doesn't usually happen by chance uh, those are the uh, amazing stories you hear in the media but it doesn't usually happen by chance um, it's intense it's uh, detailed it's uh, you're on the go all the time for a very short period of time uh, I remember in the exit that I did we were on calls every 20 minutes at midnight with the legal teams on the other side and the finance teams and the CEOs on both sides and and till the final the papers were signed at two in the morning so it's intense you've got to be clean you got to be uh, well organized you have to have an amazing team around you um, and you're on a high and then it then it happens and then you think like oh I'm gonna take a breather and you don't have time to take a breather because all the next steps happen all the integrations and finalization and um, but it's exciting and I do it all over again. Um, it just, uh, it's a different kind of emotion. How did I reward myself? I don't actually remember. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of move on and you go to the next thing and you hope that another one happens, uh, at some point in your life. But, uh, again, um, exits are not a given. And I think there's a big, um, of course, it's a hope, and but there's that uh, little bit of a misconception that uh, they happen easily and they happen all the time. And the big companies like the Apples and the Facebooks will come and buy you. Well, uh, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but um, it's uh, it's tough. It's we are all about transparency here on the launch, Helen. Hold nothing back, no hold bars. <laughs> um, I think a misconception a lot of people have, just in general, is that when you see a success, you think it was something that the people lucked into or it happened overnight. Um, even if the break is lucky itself, there is a lot that goes into the process behind the scenes in order to make sure that your skill set and your offering are at its peak when that opportunity or that lucky break comes by. And um, you've, you've I, honestly, you have a, a great wealth of experience and now you've moved into, into mirror metrics. And like we said, you know, you're already out there. You're, you're partnered with a company like Lenovo. So, you know, what's going on in mirror metrics right now? How are you guys handling COVID? How are you, uh, how are you personally um, just seeing things going on or how are you feeling about mirror metrics and, and, and uh, I guess the current climate? So uh, of course, uh, it's been a, uh, well, the beginning was a little bit of a challenge, but um, we are all working from home. Uh, it was, um, you know, once we made sure that the, the technology and everything was set up, uh, we, uh, it was, uh, you know, we didn't lose a minute. Um, everybody is uh, super motivated working from home. We have particular challenges uh, because we, we uh, even though we are software only, of course, we have to make sure that it, 
uh, it works on um, all the different types of models that we ship on Lenovo. And um, so there's a lot of testing, QA and things like that going on, a lot of development. Um, we continue to do research. Um, the team is has been just absolutely phenomenal. Um, we, we communicate um, regularly. We use all the different types of tools that we can uh, use. Um, so, you know, um, we're busier than ever, um, which is a good thing. Um, how, uh, from a business perspective, uh, we've not uh, yet witnessed a downturn. Um, whether that's coming or not, it's, uh, it's a little bit difficult to say. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, actually, COVID has been good to us. Uh, um, you know, with the trend, with the shift to working from home, um, a lot of people are buying laptops, companies are investing in laptops and buying Lenovo laptops. So um, that's a good, uh, good news for us. So, um, uh, yeah, um, we continue to work from home. We're supporting our staff as much as we could. And, uh, you know, the timing of how we get back and when we get back, we haven't determined that yet. Um, but uh, it's full speed ahead. Didn't miss a beat. I, I always hear like there's this huge difference between uh, life in the startup, life in the corporate setting. Um, but, you know, everyone says that when it comes down to financials and money, everything's pretty much consistent. Where do you stand on that? It was Were things different being a CFO? Are things different being a CFO of a corporate enterprise versus being a CFO of a startup, for instance, with uh, a lot of venture uh, venture funds behind you? Well, um, so so full disclosure, right? Um, I actually was never a CFO of a very large or multinational. Uh, I've dealt with them, I've supported them, I've reported to them. So my comments are more from what I have observed uh, and versus my experience at the startups. Um, yes, you're right. The table stakes are, you know, you're ultimately responsible and accountable for the financials, all the reporting, all the compliance, the government, the cash management. Um, these are a given and you got to you got to excel at, at both of the at all of these. Right. And then a great CFO, a good and great CFO um, helps drive the company and helps define strategic direction. So that kind of happens in the large and, and in the small. But the big differences that you see at a startup is um, you're much more involved into the day-to-day -day You're more hands-on. There's no task that's too small. Um, you don't have a team to rely on um, from, from a finance accounting perspective. You wear uh, also typically a lot of hats. Uh, you generally inherit uh, HR and facilities and office admin and you review contracts. Meanwhile, you're managing your cash. You're looking at your bank account uh, every day, everything's material. Uh, you don't round your dollars very much in a startup. Whereas a bigger corporation, well, uh, you know, there's a level of materiality you got to consider. Uh, but you know, one of the things that is is very important to note in a startup is uh, decisions are made quickly. You've got to be on the ball. The company is functioning on other people's money, um, so so you can't waste it. You got to fail fast. You got to pivot fast. Um, cash is at the center of attention. Uh, like I said, you're always raising money, you're applying for grants, you're looking for alternatives. Um, at the same time, you're working with the CEO and the rest of the management team to define their direction. You know, uh, conversely, at a large company, uh, you're more removed from the day-to-day, -day, um, and it's 
you know, thoroughly expected. You have teams that are responsible for different functions, uh, tax, accounting, reporting, business operations, and so on. You, your, your time is more devoted to oversight, to governance, um, lots of risk management, uh, investor relations, um, mergers and acquisitions, and so on. You tend to have more compliance and governance responsibilities, of course, especially if you're in a public uh, public company. Um, and decisions are taken at a slower pace. Uh, you don't pivot as fast in the large corporations. More people are involved. There's more procedures and processes. So, and there's more stakeholders. And um, yeah, there's there's more at stake, rest, relatively speaking. Uh, more people to answer to. More regulations and so on. Um, yeah, so that, that, that you know, um, the, the role is different, uh, and yet responsibilities are, are overall the same. You're, you're accountable and responsible in, in either uh, scenario. So that's sort of my take on the difference. Okay, so I have actually have a question with regards to pace now. Um, you know, I, I know that because you have so many different stakeholders in like the corporate side, that's usually why things take longer to be implemented. But couldn't you have the argument that by taking that slower approach, they're being more cautious with uh, with stakeholder like investor money as opposed to a startup that might be moving too quickly or make decisions too quickly that could have financial ramifications so so the the nature of the the process the nature of the large organization is such that um, there are uh, a lot of people responsible for a lot of different parts and um, yes you have um, a lot of stakeholders and all of that but um, the each 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 team each person responsible um, needs to come together and it tends to be managed more by consensus and it's not because um you know that you go fast you'll make the wrong decision or if you go slowly you'll make the right decision it's all about um making sure that the procedures that are set up uh, are, are transparent are um and, and, the, and the people that are responsible have a say in it and in the larger corporation that's sort of what what happens in a startup in a very small company you're not that many right you're talking to each other every day you are yes you have processes and yes you have stakeholders who are just as important you may have lots of investors on your cap table you may have vcs and all so it doesn't mean that you're reckless with your decisions but you um you have uh, you have the opportunity and because you're so close and because you're 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 um, very much hands-on, and so is the rest of the team, all the tech people, the uh, the, the business development CEOs, everybody's much more hands-on, so they have the, op- the opportunity and the environment is such that you can make uh, decisions much quicker and you need to make them much quicker because, again, the definition is, is you got to move forward. You got to try to make the best decisions that you can um, while using other people's money, right? So making it fast doesn't mean you're making it wrong, like I said, or making, you know, taking your time doesn't mean you're making the right decision. So it's kind of that in between and and finding the balance, but you're spending other people's money in, in essence. Got you. It's not like that. It's not because the reason why uh, the startups are able to move so fast is, is a reflection of poor decision-making or not uh, not thought out or not really proper planning. It's just that, like you mentioned, you have less less people involved in the process. The CFO is more hands-on, so they're able to make a judgment call 
more quickly than say some of their peers in, in larger organizations. And you know what, speaking of, of money and, and funding, uh, I know that's, that, that's probably like a, a key buzzword for anybody in the startup ecosystem, funding, money, cash flow. Um, and I know there are several different ways that startups can acquire funding. Do you mind just touching on the differences and the impact they could have on a company? Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, cash is king um, everywhere. Uh, and raising money is hard. And um, there's no no two ways about it. And in a startup, you in the back of your mind, even though you may not be going through an official round of financing, you are always in some form or another um, uh, finding ways to bring money into the company. Um, and, it, and, you know, succeeding depends on a lot of things, the stage of your company, your product, uh, uh, you know, who owns the company, how much uh, freedom you're willing and equity you're willing to give up and decision making. And sometimes it's just being at the right place at the right time, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of different sources. Um, I think if I would, you could probably categorize them um, in three different or maybe four uh, different um, categories. Uh, there's all the government sources, so things like that are grant subsidies, tax credits, for example. Uh, you know, um, listeners might be um, familiar with the IRAPs and the MyTax and Career Ready and the um, Shred tax credits. Uh, these are the best sources for the company. Um, there's no equity given up, uh, nothing to repay. And if there is, you know, the terms are really uh, favorable. So, uh, and there's so many of those programs available and out there. Some close quickly, some open up all the time. Keeping up is, is, is quite a challenge, actually. Uh, then you have the government-backed organizations like the Investment Quebec, BBC, uh, FSTQ. Um, whose mandate is really to support businesses and um, they can do something simple as guarantee loans like if you're at your financial institution and need some sort of financing someone like Investissement Quebec can guarantee that loan so uh, the founders or any of the management team or investors don't have to uh, give personal guarantees they can also provide loans they can participate in convertible notes take uh, direct investments with equity so um, they also have a lot of programs as well that open up and close up that have uh, lots of processes to follow um, for example investment quebec we um, over the last couple of years had creativity quebec um, and so on um, their mandate is really to help small business and um, uh, yeah that, that would be like my second one. Then there's, it sounds funny to say, but there's all these contests and pitch events that different companies and organizations hold both um, in Montreal, outside of Montreal, all across Canada, where, um, you know, companies, uh, startups and founders get to pitch their ideas, their companies uh, for the opportunity to win funding, guidance, cash, et cetera. Uh, and even if you don't win, these are great events to network at. And you never know um, who's sitting in the audience, uh, an investor or someone, an angel or something or someone like that, that uh, may call you up and say, hey, uh, you know, saw your presentation. Uh, um, so the, this is a, a great um, one of the great avenues. Of course, there's the traditional financial institutions, your banks uh, for lines of credits, capital equipment financing. 
to be frank, um, often those are not easy to get uh, because if you're not willing to give personal guarantees. So, I mean, there are solutions. They're becoming more and more creative uh, all the time. Um, so definitely that's uh, one source. You have your angel investors. Uh, those are your non-institutional, non non-VCs. Um, they uh, they typically well they do take a form of equity participation, convertible notes, preferred shares, common shares. Um, they take board seats, um, or as a group, will nominate someone to board seats. You have more reporting requirements, and then of course you have the VCs, right, who are the bigger institutional investors. Uh, um, you know, of course, you dilute your existing shareholders, you increase reporting, and so on. And of course, there's finally an exit. So uh, lots of different sources, um, and it um, what works for one company um, may not work for another. You're constantly um, talking, networking with uh, the different contacts within these companies, um, and 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 each each. Um, source and where you get your money has a different effect on your financials and on your decision making uh, and so on. So, um, you know, I know I'm generalizing a little bit, but um, getting into the detail, I think I would, uh, it would be too detailed. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, um, it takes a lot of time and, and a lot of networking and uh, finding what's the best uh, fit. And typically at the beginning of a startup, you'll take pretty much any money you can get. Uh, but sometimes uh, that's not the right answer. So you need to um, you need to be careful as to um, when you take your money, how you take it, how much you take, and uh, what are the terms uh, around it. Okay, that that was very helpful. Now, people tend to seek out advisors or mentors that relate to their background or business, but tend to overlook finance mentors. Tell us why a finance advisor or mentor is important. Uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, typically when you speak to an entrepreneur or someone comes, uh, you know, floats an idea and says, oh, you know, I'm going to find someone who's an expert in that market. I'm going to find someone who's an expert in sales. And let me talk to a tech person and see if this can really be done. Um, and they, a lot of people kind of assume that, okay, um, the finance piece will come later, you know, I got to make sure my idea works, I got to make sure that my market exists. And, and, and in fact, yes, that's true. Uh, but uh, once you want to take the, ne the next step, um, and you need the money, um, you know, who are you going to turn to, right? Um, so uh, the, the entrepreneur, the founder, the CEO, they can't do it all you you don't have enough time you lack the expertise and you know by all means i'm not trying to insult anybody um it's just that um you know you got to get your idea out there and find your market and so on and uh, the finance is something that's a key part of it um, there's lots of decisions that need to be made about what kind of money like i mentioned earlier to bring into the company from whom how to manage the cash how to get the day-to-day -day done um, and early in the process, it's not typical to have a CFO. Um, you tend to outsource your accounting and it seems to be uh, good enough, uh, but financial decisions still need to be made and some of which can significantly impact uh, the success of the company. I mean, even making a decision and understanding the tax consequences for both the company and the investor is very, very important. 
Um, and and finance is more about the books and the more than just about the books and the records. It's about the integrity, the accuracy. Um, like I said, understanding finance and tax uh, impacts. And a mentor and advisor can help uh, in this until a CFO can be brought on board. And even once a CFO is on board, having a finance mentor and advisor to the company is also very beneficial. They serve as a, if you will, another viewpoint, another pair of eyes. So, um, you know, having a successful company meaning means you have to have all the parts. You have to have a, a good idea, a good product, being able to bring it to commercial, have a market, um, have a good sales team. But you need to have that finance piece, right? You need to, you know, it's it's a it's a team, um, and it's it's an important part of the team. And mentors are very very key early on, um, and throughout the process uh, as well. Um, yeah, um, I don't know if I kind of answered your question. Yeah, I think I think you did. Um, most certainly, you gave some new insights and, and perspective there. Um, so, when it comes to the, the general role overall of a CFO and the relations to funding, how important are they? <laughs> so, of course, I'm biased, right? <laughs> I'm a CFO, so I think that I'm very important. Um, but I'll, I'll step back. Um, uh, you know, like I said before, raising money is tough. It's hard. You need someone who uh, who gets it. Um, um, the CFO is the one that, uh, sorry, the CEO is the one that really pitches um, um, the, the company and so on. Um, the CFO is right there. Um, um, a startup inevitably will have several rounds to raise and in between you know smaller other forms of financing loans convertible notes and so on and um you know the reality is someone doesn't just give you money right and you give them some shares uh, or you sign an agreement that says oh you're going to repay some stuff um, a funding round like we said at the beginning is intense it requires a lot of documentation negotiation due diligence uh, lots of back and forth um uh, the CFO typically owns a due diligence process and we're the point person for communications. Um, we must worry about all the documentation that's provided, understanding tax consequences, legal requirements. Or, oh my God, I, I don't know how many times a cap table gets updated in the scenarios in a day, you know, let alone even in an hour. Uh, reviewing clauses, providing supporting documentation. Um, no two rounds are alike. And so when you have someone who's who's been through different things and has seen a lot of different things, it it I would hope and it is my intent um, to make both the CEO's life easier um, and and bring uh, create a set of circumstances that is ideal for the company. And so the CFO, I think, with experience and the right um, financial knowledge um, and process and so on is, is is fundamental because, believe me, the CEO is very busy in other things, as, are, as is the rest of the management um, team. So in my mind, um, having a top finance person is is a key part um, to the to the process, and not to mention, as you have more uh, institutional investors and more angel investors, 
they look to expertise. They want that expertise as part of the, the process. It gives them comfort. It gives them uh, the feel that, uh, hey, um, you know, because they're not just investing in the product or the idea or the market, they're investing in the management team. And they need to believe that there is um, experience, knowledge, uh, integrity, um, and, and a potential for success. They, they need, you know, they're giving their money to something that um, uh, they believe and a big part of what they're giving it to is the belief in the management team. So CFO is key, um, I believe. My humble opinion. <laughs> And no bias. <laughs> <laughs> no bias intended. <laughs> uh, awesome. And Helen, last question for you. Um, what is the most important piece of advice you would give to new tech entrepreneurs? Surround yourself with people who are much smarter than you. Um, you can't possibly uh, know or do everything. Uh, be humble. Um, the more smart people you have around you, the more mentors, advisors, um, uh, yeah. Uh, never be afraid to have to surround yourself with smarter people. That that would be my my advice. 